it, it was all about um, your energetic um, healing or energetic clearing. So picking up on other people's energy and like um, you're holding yeah. on to like anxiety comes up, but it's not yours anxiety. And um, have if you had a method of how to um, like go into a quiet space and clear your energy and filling that in with the color. Yeah. Okay. Um, sure. I'd be happy to talk about that now. And I do think that's something that's really important now for anybody that is highly sensitive because things, uh, how do I put this into words? (laughs) Like things in the collective right now are so chaotic. Like some days I can feel into this extreme sense of love and other days it's like this extreme anger. Um, and there's oftentimes even now where I feel like like I'll be driving and I just feel all this anger or rage come up around a certain topic that's happening in the world. And that's when I feel like, okay, I volunteered to just feel that energy and help it to process because the rest of the people like are not processing it or I'm helping in some way. Um but as long as I feel like I'm processing that, I feel okay in it and feeling, but sometimes it's like too much where I'm like, why am I just so angry today? And that's when I check and I ask myself like, does this belong to you or does it belong to someone else or even the collective? And most of the time, because I'm pick up on people's energy so easily like an energetic sensitive person that it is something else that I'm feeling that does not really belong to me. So you can ask that to be released from your energy field, but having that awareness of knowing when it does belong to you, because if it does belong to you, then it is your responsibility to acknowledge it, find that awareness around it, do whatever sort of releasing if you do physical movement to release. If you write to release things, if you just let yourself feel it and that's your way of releasing it. Um, but all the energy, all those emotions are meant to be moving. They're not supposed to get stuck. Um, so that is, uh, just a way to help, you know, like what belongs to you and what doesn't belong to you, but it takes going into that kind of a quiet calming space because if you are in a big crowd and you're feeling like oh my gosh I'm feeling I can feel that person's stomach ache I can feel they're really angry at their wife right now I can feel that kid is super hungry and he like needs some food like that can be so overwhelming to you that taking yourself out of it will at least help you get to the understanding of what belongs to me and what belongs to somebody else And then you can begin to know, okay, if it belongs to me, this is how I know I can move through it. If it belongs to somebody else, this is how I can release it and let it go and strengthen my energy boundaries from picking up on other things in the future. Yeah. And again, this is a thing that you were a teacher to me. And like, I, because of you, I um, gain awareness about like, the impact of other people's energy and like, not like, like realizing that I don't have to hold on to it or mm-hmm. I can like process it and like then release it or whatever, whatever it is. But on the other side of that spectrum, like, so building the awareness um, is like step one and two is 
that practice of clearing your own energy or resetting. But one thing that I've been trying to be more aware of, um, and I haven't really fully developed a process, but the other end of that spectrum of like, there's one thing, it's one thing to like protect your energy or to like clear it. Then it's another thing of um, spilling onto other people. Like I notice, there's times where um, I might be mentally chaotic because um, there's a lot of like thing, like plates that I'm holding up right now or whatever. And I go into a conversation, and I always notice it when I go in with you because your energy is very calm and collected, and like mm-hmm. you're always like you're very good at coming and being present and being like almost having that stillness of like presence. Um, and I will come, and then I will notice, I will see this drastic like. Um, contrast between yours and mine I'm like oh shit I'm spilling and I know that it's like on you to like take that on or not take that on like Mm -hmm. you like it's not like it's on you to like protect yourself but it's also like on me to like not spill over be mindful of Mm -hmm. because like if you think about like energy you're protecting your energy or spilling your energy in a physical sense of like eating dinner or like talking to someone with food in your mouth like it's bad to like spit food onto that person's <laughs> mouth and the other person like can't yeah, nobody really likes that right yeah so like <laughs> what like are your thoughts on and like yeah what are your thoughts about spilling over to other people yeah, when you're that's, interacting with them? that's an interesting um concept i i don't i I think there's a couple of different things that like that can go. Like I see some people that are in a patterning of they sometimes like go um, overboard because they're looking to connect with other people in that way. Like maybe a connection they don't have internally. Um, but I, I don't think that's always the case. I think some people like, for example, when, when I feel like every time that we actually meet in person is it is when you have a lot going on mentally. And that just happens to be the timing that we connect. Uh, So I do know that part of me, and this is something that I think I've learned, like my idea of energy boundaries is that um, at first I felt like because I was so empathic and such a sponge, I needed to set really hard energetic boundaries with people. And like, I spent a lot more time in that state when I was learning that I spent a lot more time alone, just being internal, being within, feeling into what was mine, what was someone else's. At that point, I was really a novice in understanding my emotions whatsoever. So it took me a lot of time going internally of like, Oh, I had all that stuff inside me. I had no idea I was storing all that stuff. I thought I was like totally at peace with everything. So, um, but now I, I think as I have been able to more easily identify, I don't, I don't think like, I don't usually put as much protection around myself now. I feel like my energy I more feel like I open it up to be like a misty cloud around me that I can help other people process whatever they're feeling too um so I can do that without taking that on it's like holding them in that space when I'm sitting across from them or being around them and that doesn't drain me at one point that would have drained me but now I feel like I have enough um of my own internal balance and centeredness that I can just hold that space. If somebody's angry around me, 
I sometimes I'll just like smile and watch them, you know, but at one point it would have been like, oh my gosh, they're angry. I can feel their anger. Now am I angry? Did I do something wrong? And like, I would have been really drawn into that really quick emotion and I can just be there and hold that space for them for as long as they need to move through that anger. That idea of being like in your body or grounded, like your energy, I can sense it or see it in people where it's like pulled up and like, instead of the center of their energy being in the center of their body, their center's like in the mind. And that's when you can get in that state of like overanalyzing, over-processing, like, here's what I have to do. I've got to plan this. I got to plan this. I got to figure this out. Um, so I do think that can be in a state where it may feel more chaotic when you go into interaction with someone. And I still get in that state sometimes too. And I feel like I'm really focused in my mind. Um, so I do see that with people and I kind of just, um, sometimes I just feel like I can't go there today, but the days that I feel like I can hold the space, you know, it's just, I kind of smile and watch them until they slowly come back in and come back in. And that's when I feel like, I feel like I try to hold that presence though. So I sometimes push that person to meet me in that space. Like I know that I'm not going to go in that headspace when I see somebody else go in there. So I just wait until they come in to meet me where I am. And that can be a lot of energetic interactions as you shift your energy of like, okay, I could go into this idea of gossip with someone about other people, or I could just not respond and not respond and not respond. And eventually they'll be like, maybe I should try talking to her about something else. And then you're like, oh, yes, I would love to talk about what you want to do with the rest of your life. Like, let's go there. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. In the Akashic Records, that does come up a lot for people in readings, too, of a lot of people have had lifetimes where they have followed um, their intuitive gifts, their soul gifts, as far as being healers or um, being teachers in some way. And that can be physically like pretty harming if you've had one of those lifetimes, like for example, being accused of being a witch for maybe working with medicinal plants and being the healer in a community. Um, and then if you have where you are condemned among your community for being a healer, that can be something that I see plays out in a lot of healers now that they've come here to be healers but there is that resistance because they feel like if they really own and empower all their physical, um, all their physical intuitive gifts that they came here, you know, that's theirs. Like they've earned it over many lifetimes and lots of trial and error. Um, but there's resistance there of if I fully own that or let it come in or share it, that I will have to relive some sort of very traumatic calling out within my community or death within my community that are that's easy for them to go into processing everything in the mind that has been a way that they've coped with being accused of something um, that hurt other people with their intuitive gifts so they've decided now okay it's much safer for me to process everything in the mind instead of processing it intuitively or being intuitively led because the mind's trying to help you from ever reliving that experience again. So a lot of times we can go in and do, it almost looks like knots in someone's mind that can begin to be unraveled. So you can trust 
that your whole body is giving you wisdom, intuitive nudges, sensations, and the mind isn't the only one that helps you move forward. If that makes sense. It does. It's really cool. Yeah, because it's also like like looking at those knots too is also it's like what came to mind is how you only use about eight or eight to fifteen percent of your brain, and like all those knots are like protecting you from accessing like that other eighty five or whatever it is percent that's not like that holds all these past life secrets or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot, um, a lot that comes up too is linking your mind center with your heart center, and that like oftentimes people will get in this sense of like, oh, thinking is bad. My mind's bad. You know, I have to only live intuitively. Um, But what you really want, like your, your mind can be great at things as far as envisioning things, putting structure to things, helping you with deadlines and getting you where you want to go. Right. So it's how do you have link your head center and your heart center to work in unison to support one another? Cause one's, you know, like, I don't think one's better than the other. They're just different duality different purposes. Yeah. yeah. So well, you can do things to link those energetically too. So that energy flows really easily between those two centers. I'm always so grateful. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to connecting with you next time.